0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Steps Audio Channel. We are very excited to share our content from Steps events to learn all about the latest trends in startups, digital media, fintech, future tech, and wellness in emerging markets. You can find us on Enagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite channel, and we hope you enjoy the content. This is another great panel coming your way. Moderated by Samara Ibrahim. They're speaking on electric vehicles, infrastructure, adoption. And he's going to be joined on the panel by Haider al Zabi of Maze EV and Suzanne Maharali. I hope I've said that right from Uber. Please do give them a nice warm welcome. Um, Thank you very much. And thank you to those that are in the audience. To kind of get us started, I wanted to put a little bit into context. So... There is an opportunity here, and the opportunity to transform the way that we move is actually fundamentally reliant on three main areas. The first is technology, the second is consumer behavior, and third, it's regulations. Now, with that said, to touch point on each one of these three points, I want to just highlight that the industry has actually attracted $400 billion worth of investments in the last decade, with $100 billion dedicated simply to the first part of 2020. So that's a lot of investment going into the space. Then you look at the environmentally conscious consumers and citizens. That's driving behavioral change, whether it's to electric vehicles or it's to um, shared mobility Becoming more of a norm that you don't see it as awkward when you see an electric car driving down the street. We'll reach a point where you'll see an electric car driving on its own down the street. And then the third thing is the role that countries are playing in driving regulations. Because you have countries around the world that are actually pushing this agenda further. Where in Saudi, they have a pledge for 30% electric vehicles by in Riyadh alone by 2030. In Qatar, you have a pledge of 25% public transportation being electric by 2022. And then in Dubai, you have 10% of every single vehicle in Dubai being either electric or hybrid by 2030. So that's a lot. That's a lot to adjust to and to push for, and it won't happen without regulations. Now, with that being said, this transition to electric vehicles requires a full ecosystem to tap into this ecosystem, I'd like to welcome on the panel Suzanne Maharali from Uber. She is the head of public policy across Middle East and Africa. And um, Haidar Zaabi, who is the co-founder of Maze EV. Just to kind of get us started, I want to talk a little bit about technology. Well, let's start with the first component of what's driving this transformation. So Haidar, please, I'd love your views and understanding where do you see technology has brought us? So where were we? How are we living with it today? And how is it driving your agenda for the business that you've come to, to create?
1: Yes, uh, so hi, everyone. Uh, as, uh, thank you for the introduction, Summer. Haidel uh, Zahabi, Mace EV. I'm not sure if you all saw the car uh, yesterday in front of the uh, STEP conference, the uh, electric car. So, the, so that's uh, Mace. Uh, so basically, when speaking about technology, it's important to see the uh, consumer-driven uh, behaviors, and promoting EV not just through uh, making another normal car, but actually implementing new technologies. So when it comes to MACE, uh, we focused, of course, on uh, the fundamentals of giving them a good car with a high range, of 500 kilometers and more, um, as well as the convenience of charging at home, But not just that, we also added new technologies, uh, for example, within the car where it can uh, read your stress levels, uh, decrease them for you, as well your own secretary that will give you uh, reminders and will actually tell you about all your schedules. So implementing these new technologies promotes EV even further towards EV becoming uh, not just a platform or not just a car manufacturing uh, similar to the traditional uh, car industry, but Also focusing on the technologies because I think the business model of the car industry will change completely. In the past, we used to focus on the spare parts and the service. But now going forward, it's all going to be subscriptions within the car technologies. So there is a lot of rooms for uh, technology startups and um, technology uh, applications to actually be implemented within the car. And of course, that all drives towards the autonomous and the future of autonomous vehicles as well.
0: It's kind of like saying the car is no longer about getting from point A to point B. It's about all exactly. the fun things you can do on that trip across the zone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's more like a technology now. yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much, Haidar. And what do you feel is driving the sales for electric vehicles?
1: So, um, I mean a good thing for us and for this industry today the demand of consumers is higher than the actual supply so uh, since this whole industry is new for all manufacturers so tesla started it they pushed they changed this whole uh, shift so now every manufacturer is trying to keep up with this new demand this new trend that everyone is aiming and willing to buy an electric car and it's all almost booked and you have to wait for six months. This never happened in the in the uh, past with the uh, normal vehicles. So I think the demand, the consumers, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely driving. increasing and uh, the sales is increasing uh, around more than 50% year by year. And we're seeing a huge trend. And today it's only about 5% market share of electric vehicles towards all the cars in the world. So I think it's a huge uh, industry that will definitely grow so much within the uh, next few years, yeah.
0: Perfect segue to the second point, which is behavioral change and the consumer behavior. And I think for Suzanne, I want to get your views as to what do you think comes first? Do the policies trigger behavioral change or do behavioral changes trigger policymaking?
2: So I think it's certainly a mix of both. And I think in the example that Heather has given, you know, we haven't really seen in Dubai like big policies towards enhancing like EV uptake in the past, right? And yet we've got this huge demand you know because people are excited about driving Teslas it's like the thing to do so you know what is actually driving that demand is it because i want to look cool or you know is it uh, is it really driven by being wanting to be more responsible i think when we see um from the policy point of view we've certainly seen like policies driving significant market changes especially in countries like china in india in norway and that's where we've seen tremendous ev pickup because the government has put in enabling environment for people to be able to afford cars, uh, be able to get access to the charging infrastructure. Um, And particularly when you look at this from a ride hailing point of view, there are very big barriers for drivers to be able to drive electric, right? Mm -hmm. So the first one being lack of charging infrastructure. So even though the charging infrastructure exists, it's not close to where drivers are living. The second one is really around affordability of the vehicle. We don't have secondhand electric vehicles, and we've also already got a lack of supply in the market. Um, And then finally, it's still far more expensive to own and operate a battery electric vehicle versus um, you know, a typical uh, ICE vehicle. So that is also presenting a big challenge for people who want to adopt electric vehicles. um, And that's really where the government needs to step in.
0: How do you feel or what do you feel will actually help us close the gap between ICE and electric vehicles?
2: So it's a mixture of things. I think one in particular, addressing the charging infrastructure piece. Um, Government needs to invest in rolling out charging infrastructure, particularly close to where people live. So that will also involve like upgrading building codes. Um, Either that, or it's also about partnering and encouraging the private sector to be able to contribute towards rolling out charging infrastructure. Um, I think the second piece is also really around like how to bridge that gap of total cost of ownership. How can you subsidize um, or even give like tax relief for the importation of electric vehicles? Um, We've seen in Egypt now as well, they're looking at manufacturing electric vehicles locally. So that's something that's also really interesting. Um, And then also in cases like ours, how can you incentivize consumers and drivers to be able to, like, really want to opt for going green versus traditional, you know, other forms. So, for instance, there's regulations in Dubai at the moment that say that limo rides or ride hailing needs to be 30% more expensive than regular taxi. Um, Now, if the government was to come up with an example of a regulation where it's cheaper then a normal limo ride to be able to take a green ride, then that definitely gives people more encouragement to take green rides, because if it's priced at the same, there isn't enough incentive for people to choose green over exactly. a normal car, right? Exactly. Um, so it's really like putting in that sort of thinking in
0: order to encourage the uptake. And just to kind of add a little bit, it's funny that everybody, when you say electric vehicle, thinks Tesla, thinks the, the high-end brands. But in reality, the electric vehicle has been around and it started out to being something very economical. So I'd love your views, Haidat, on understanding where do you see this space going? Will it continue to progress into electric vehicles are the next wow, Mercedes, BM kind of cars of the future? Or will there be the lower, more economical, more user-friendly kind of cars?
1: So I think you you said it uh, very well. Um, I mean, before Tesla, we used to have electric vehicles, but it always used to be the smart, uh, yes. the small, micro type of cars, yeah. friendly, eco, cute. But then Tesla kind of changed that whole thing. They they implemented these new technologies. They made it cool to drive an electric vehicle. It became a trendy thing. So that whole shift um, really made the played a big difference in people's mindsets towards EV. And we've also followed that same step with Mace. So um, our first car, we, we were actually, we, we compared both scenarios, one to create a city uh, kind of uh, normal micro car compared to this very uh, futuristic uh, Batmobile looking type of car. And when we compared um, the 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 demand on this was far greater. So, so it made sense for us to go to, towards that direction. And I think this will continue promoting uh, as well, the shift towards electric vehicle and the mindset towards electric vehicle. That's, it becomes that you making a decision to go and buy a petrol vehicle looking so uh, Stone Age. It's, it's, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you not buying an electric vehicle? But I think definitely within the next few years, this will be even uh, more more of a case yeah.
0: We're in a space where you have startups all around yeah. and they are looking at what comes next and what the future holds in this space. What is it from a technology perspective you feel needs to be put onto the table? What can we put out there to the startups that are here today to kind of say, this is the areas we're struggling with. This is the space that's missing something. What do you think that would be?
1: So I think definitely um, integrating this piece of machinery, the car, um, towards your everyday life, towards your mobile phone, um, towards the ease of connecting um, the car with everything that you do around you. So even one of the aspects we did, we launched an NFT, and we're we're taking steps to go towards the metaverse. Okay. And and I believe the youngsters, especially uh, in the next coming years, um, there will be a huge demand in the metaverse itself. So they would want that whatever um, physical item they have in their real life to even be in the digital life because they're going to be very active in the digital life. So it will be kind of a reflection of what they're going to have there, as well as the opportunities to actually produce more in the metaverse compared to here. Of
0: course. And it's great. Figments of our imagination is a lot easier to produce. (laughs) And
1: and definitely, since since a lot of startups are here today, there is a lot of opportunities where we can integrate the car with new technologies. For example, even fintechs, Um, going to a petrol station, you no longer have to um, pay by card or... It should be integrated with a QR code within the car that will just snap or you just drive through, similar to, to a lot of examples we've seen here today, as well the different texts within the screen and controlling the car, the AI technologies that we see um, in other cars. We've met a startup as well uh, recently here in STEP and as well uh, previously uh, other startups within robotics. Um, it's a bit different field. But then we, we kind of found a way to merge um, of creating a new or unique robot within the car that will also be um, your, or your own personal robot within the car to entertain you, to entertain your guests within the car. So there's a lot of uh, opportunities here. And I think definitely the space now, um, the future of EVs are more acceptance towards implementing these technologies. And they're actually eager to, to, to accept these.
0: Now, a key player in this ecosystem is obviously infrastructure. And unfortunately, the speaker that we had, two speakers that we had on infrastructure, both couldn't be in presence today. So we just wanted to tap into a little bit of what do we see this infrastructure being? What are the hurdles that are there? And I just wanted to get a little bit from both of your perspectives, both from a policy perspective. I know you tapped into it a little bit earlier, but just to re-emphasize that infrastructure is a key driver, whether it fails or succeeds as the future of mobility. So just from your side, how do you see the role of infrastructure in this agenda?
2: I mean, it's absolutely critical, right? And I think the main piece around infrastructure that we point to is the charging infrastructure. Um, and, you know, I think the challenge that governments, the private sector has in rolling out charging infrastructure is just making sure that there's a good return on investment. Um, and I think it's a vicious cycle. If you don't have enough cars who are you making use of that charging infrastructure, then it's hard to really make the business case for putting it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why to some extent it's really got to be a public good. And so even when we talk about ride hailing and our role and our catalytic role in enhancing the adoption of EVs. We talk about ride-hailing drivers as being you know very unique from ordinary drivers because they're very high kilometer usage drivers right um so typically when you have like your ordinary car you'll find that actually your car is only in use five percent of the time so you're driving your electric car to work you're parking it there the whole day you drive it home it parks there while you're sleeping um but ride-hailing drivers are always on the road they're always needing to charge they're always using the cars And so by increasing the adoption of EVs on ride-hailing platforms, by virtue of that, you're really helping to increase the overall EV kilometers that are happening in a city. So think about it more from a kilometer basis as opposed to a vehicle basis is something that we're really trying to encourage cities to think about because that then helps to make a different kind of case for investing in infrastructure.
0: And then Haidar, from an infrastructure perspective, I want you to look at it more of the energy. So whether it's the ability to access the energy, to build whatever it is that you're doing to charge them, the hurdles of the grid being ready to supply energy to these cars. So your views, please.
1: Um, So, I mean, now if we look at this region, uh, Dubai, Saudi, Oman, already um, most of the, I mean, a lot of the petrol stations already have EV uh, charging stations existing. It's funny that um, when a lot of people ask about what are you guys going to do about infrastructure, are you guys going to uh, put EV charger? We said, no, we, we were, not, we're not worried about that at all. And people were wondering. So now the, the um, unique thing about EVs, it's something that we never had before. Never before we had the chance to take your car at home and, for example, be able to charge it or fill it. Like, we don't have a pipe of petrol, we can fill it at home. So, the ability to actually charge your car at home, this is a new thing. So, a lot of focus has been going towards infrastructure, what are we going to do, where is the charging network. But in reality, people today driving EVs, a lot of them I've asked, I was like, when is the last time you've went to a charging station? He's like, never. I was like, why? Because I charge it at home. So, yes, infrastructure, there is some challenges, but... Today, users, they're satisfied with charging it at home. And they charge it at home. They wake up in the morning. They have 400 to 500 kilometers of range. I mean, barely they're going to finish it that day. And of course, going long distances, yes, you'll have to plan your trip where you can charge it. But in reality, this is, um, I think it's a new shift. And the more people drive EVs, the more this will come out as an obvious, okay, we actually maybe need to focus on not investing so much on infrastructure, but maybe more towards how can we make it convenient at home or uh, maybe neighborhood uh, charging stations might make sense.
0: Okay. And I think one of the topics we talked about when um, we were looking at it internally between us was the availability of public transport. So public transport is a big consumer of electricity and fuel and cars. That's an entire agenda that we definitely overlook. When you say electric vehicle, you don't automatically assume a bus or a train. You assume a personal car. So this was one of the topics that we touched on is, the potential for public transport to go electric is huge. And that shouldn't be something that we overlooked. And although the expert is not here, I just wanted to put it out there to make sure that people start thinking of it in that direction because that will be the future of how we take electric, uh, electric vehicles. Now, I come from a sustainability background, and... For me, it would be very remiss not to go into that discussion at the moment simply because we have an entire agenda around sustainability. What happened in COP with Glasgow and the drive with countries coming out with pledges. So everybody stands in line and says, yes, I want an electric vehicle because that's the easy to go to thing. The reality is, this future that we're supposedly utopically painting is saying that we don't want cars. We want more green spaces. In France and Paris, for example, they've removed roads and they've put in more parks and more greenery. So, how do you feel that would affect your business, Haidar? Considering you're building these cars.
1: Um, so, I mean, until now, this, the the demand is still high, so okay. it's, it's good. But I mean, definitely, uh, talking taking that perspective, a utopian. Um, Of course, the challenge again here in the region, the weather, the weather is so hot. For example, if if it's going to take me 10 or 15 minutes to walk to the bus, then definitely I would want a car. But maybe as another perspective where we can have, for example, all these small micro electric cars um, that can take you from your home to the bus stations or from your home to the metro. And I think maybe these will not consume that much energy. They will be uh, less in cost and definitely not everyone will need a car.
0: Exactly.
1: So this is the challenge now, I think, uh, the, the a lot of people we're talking about here. Yeah.
0: And I think the other point we want to touch into is the batteries themselves. So your, the core of an electric vehicle is the battery. Yep. And it's funny because I doubt that very many people are aware that fact, of the fact that it takes six times more minerals out of the earth to actually create an electric vehicle than it does an ICE vehicle. So although there are no direct emissions, you're creating damage in a different way. So what do you feel, sorry, I'm not putting on the spot. You're welcome to answer as well. (laughs) But from an electric vehicle perspective, your batteries, how do you see the future of batteries coming into play? So
1: um, today, I mean, electric vehicles, the major cost of any uh, EV is the battery. So it is going down uh, during these years and definitely to um, the in terms of um, um, the recycling waste of that so there is now for example governments for example the uk they're pushing all manufacturers that you must um, have a process to take these batteries back and to recycle them at least to kind of uh, make back for all the minerals that that, uh, have been made to this and of course going towards the future there is um, better technologies and more effective ways to create batteries and now we're looking into um, for example, hydrogen, solid state, um, new types of batteries, which are more environmental friendly exactly. than the uh, existing ones. Which is
0: the call out to all the startups out there. We need innovation in how we create batteries.
1: <laughs> I think batteries is definitely the next big thing, because yes. uh, we're looking at a lot of different use cases, um, utilizing these uh, batteries that we're going to be powered today
2: exactly.
1: and at this uh, growing industry as well. So definitely battery, uh, working on battery technologies, working on manufacturing batteries in all different ways is a big thing and we've seen the investments that happened uh, within, not not just by car manufacturers, but even by VCs because they see the future of of the demand of these batteries, yeah.
0: Exactly, thank you. Cezanne, from your view, when it comes to this new agenda, where do you see policy playing a role? Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, I can't speak really to like batteries and the nitty-gritty of how that works. But if I look at how Uber talks about sustainability, I think just going back to the question that you had asked, Heather, um, You know, Uber as a company has made a pledge to go net zero by 2040 globally. Um, And the way that we talk about sustainability is fourfold. We look at it in terms of being shared, in terms of being electric, um, in terms of being, uh, in terms of micro mobility, um, and also in terms of inclusivity. Um, And, you know i think it's really important to look at sustainability in a broad way and you've already started talking a little bit to the public transit piece and electric buses and so on but a really big piece of it which speaks to how we move and how we change the way we think about moving in our cities um is just being a lot more cognizant about a being green but also you know do you have to use your car um what are the other op- options that are available to you you know as you move around here even in Dubai, you've got bikes you've got scooters you know that's really coming up as well, and that's you know more and more how governments and policymakers need to think about designing cities because the fact of the matter is most of the cities in which we live are built for cars and not for people. Uh, and so, how do we start to think about making our cities much more people-centric, much more friendly towards this sustainable future where you don't have to have a private car to be able to get around? Mm.
0: You're gonna, you're leading me into my final question, but before I get there, I do want to tap into one more thing. What role do you feel the private sector has in this drive, whether from a policy perspective or whether what these technologies will be? Do you feel, let's start with this one. What do you feel the private sector has to do in playing the role of helping you drive this agenda?
2: I mean, the private sector has a massive role to play because the way that we have to look at this challenge is from the whole ecosystem and the whole value chain, right? So right from the beginning of who are the OEMs that are making the cars, who is producing the charging infrastructure, how are they engaging with government in order to be able to, you know, increase the supply of vehicles and infrastructure in the markets. Um, And, you know, also, I think there's a lot of non-governmental organizations and different private sector entities who are lending their voice towards lobbying for more sustainable EV policies, right? So whether it's even looking at better fuel efficiency, whether it's looking at, you know, putting restrictions on the number of uh, or proportion of ICE vehicles that auto manufacturers are allowed to produce in future, I think, you know, there's got to really be this collective voice towards saying, hey, you know, we're looking for a greener future. How can we work together to put that in place?
0: And then, how for you? It's more of you're coming from the private sector. You're coming in as a personal investor in something. Where do you feel government can help you push what vision you've you've had in mind and what you're imagining could be the future?
1: So uh, the good thing today is is um, it's like a natural natural trend. Uh, most governments are pushing for EVs, so um, it is. Much easier today um, than, than in the past, especially when in this sector. And you mentioned about private sector as well. Today, you find a lot of large organizations, they're even shifting of using their cars to uh, EV because it looks better even towards their customers and towards the consumers and for their brand image as well. So uh, I think there's a huge movement towards EV and we're, we're riding that wave and uh, it, it's, a, it's a good timing actually now for EVs and for anything to do with the sector and to produce uh, exactly.
0: this industry. Take advantage.
1: Yes. <laughs> Governments are
0: willing to help. <laughs> um, I think yeah. on a final note, I'd love to see, we had spoken earlier on what is a utopia and if this utopia existed, what would it be within this future of mobility space, Mm. irrespective of what type of mobility we're talking about. So Cezanne, please.
2: So, you know, from a platform perspective, the way that we think about it is you're able to get from point A to point B in the quickest way possible, um, the cheapest way possible, and also now really the most efficient green way possible, right? And so I think it's, it's about really being able to have that flexibility, being able to walk out your door and to be able to have those options of how you can move around without your automatic reaction, just being, okay, I'm going to the basement, I'm getting in my car and I'm turning on the ignition. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to have much more of a people-friendly space, much more of a community-oriented space. Um, and you talked a little bit about this before, right? Like. Huge proportions of our cities are just made up of parking lots, where there could be green parks, there could be bicycle lanes, there could be you know the sound of kids playing in the playground. Um, so I think this is really what we're looking to strive towards. Hi, Dad.
1: Um, one, of course, I, I, I agree with that perspective. Uh, definitely, if the world had all EVs, there would be no smells, less noise, um, just a, a more clean air to breathe. And from our perspective, um, part of our vision is to provide high-value cars for everyone. So one thing that we've noticed is that a lot of people um, who don't have, uh, for example, access to um, high amounts of money would be forced to kind of drive these small, not good-looking cars. So we kind of pledged towards providing these very good-looking, unique, uh, highly futuristic designed cars to everyone. So we want everyone on the road to kind of feel proud driving what they're driving and to kind of democratize this industry. And we started now with this uh, road-legal kind of Batmobile, which is very high-end, very exotic, Gullwing's door, carbon fiber. And we're releasing it for like fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 which is these these people would kind of be able to go alongside the ones who are spending 400000 500000 And then in the future, we're going with... Uh, $20,000 uh, where someone would be able to drive a car that looks maybe even better than a BMW or Mercedes or a Tesla and kind of feels proud driving that and feels empowered, which is all towards that superhero theme. And I think in the future, we're, we're looking to collaborate as well with Marvel. We met a very cool company yesterday. and oh, nice. <laughs> We'll see if we can come with
0: that. Uh, My son would love nice. <laughs> what comes out of that one. <laughs> Definitely. Um, just to kind of wrap it all up. So th- the future is electric vehicles to some extent. It's a matter of understanding the full cycle, the full ecosystem, understanding that not because something looks like it's the right thing, then it makes it the right thing. Understanding that there is a full supply chain that comes in. There's a full ecosystem that needs to change. And what do we as individuals each have a part to play? You have cities around the world that are looking at becoming 15-minute cities. You've got Saudi that has the line. The logic is everything is within 10 minutes, 15 minutes walk. So that reality is there. So when looking at investing or looking at developing a new technologies, it's how do we take what we have today, ride this wave, and at the same time, be prepared to be not shocked when this transformation does happen because that is the natural progression. We will go through it. And I want to thank both of you, honestly, for, thank, for putting in your inputs, for being part of the panel and sharing your views with everybody.
1: Thank you. Thank you all. And thanks thank to everyone who's us. been listening as well. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find our content on Anagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Follow us on social media at Step Conference and let's stay in touch.